0: if teachers are given time and space to share some of their best practices with one another and talk about not only standards and assessments, but also what's driving our students, what barriers are they facing, maybe even in the community or in their social lives that are really impacting their ability to learn. Then teachers feel like they are part of something and they're more likely to take risks and in the end, their students benefit from that.
1: This is Brett Clark and you are listening to Voices from the Field, insights from educators who are positively impacting student learning in the classroom. In this episode, we have Ann Cummins-Bogan, an educational consultant with many years of experience in the classroom. She has also served as a union leader. Ann is being interviewed by Mary McDonald, Senior Director at the Consortium for Educational Change.
2: Well, thank you for joining us today. We're going to be talking a bit about uh, some of the work that's rolling out across the country uh, that involves schools and, and districts and unions where they're trying to work collaboratively to improve uh, student learning and, and teacher effectiveness. So why don't you start a little bit uh, and then introduce yourself and explain a little bit about your background and uh, we'll go from there. Okay,
0: well, uh, excited to be here. My name is Ann Cummins-Bogan. Um, I'm a consultant, I work um, closely with Mary McDonald at the Consortium for Educational Change um, to support districts and schools in their efforts to improve teaching and learning. Um, I also work um, with Charlotte Danielson as a consultant for the Danielson Group. Um, The goal of that organization is to support schools and districts in the implementation of the Danielson framework to impact, again, effective teaching practices. Uh, I'm a former teacher I was taught elementary school for 20 years, both in the Minneapolis public schools and then in a suburban district here in the Chicago area, Northbrook-Glenview School District 30. I was active in my union in Minneapolis as a member and in my local in Northbrook as a
2: building rep. So how did you move from a teacher in a classroom into this work across the country? Well, I had the
0: Opportunity to attend um, a teacher union reform network conference here in Illinois, the Great Lakes Turn Conference. I was there uh, representing my local association uh, as a member of a teacher evaluation committee, along with administrators from my building and the district, and other union folk, teacher leaders, and learned about this movement, I'll call it, around um, creating greater opportunities for collaboration, um, to get all stakeholders on the same page with aligned goals to ensure student success. And I was just very uh, moved by the work. And so began to learn more about it and eventually made the decision to leave my classroom and go out to support um, and empower teacher voice. And I've just been fortunate to be able to do that now for the last five and a half years.
2: So you mentioned the, the word, the work. So what does that work look like? Well, um, I I will say it's uh, wonderful work,
0: and if I were to summarize it, I think it really is truly helping folks to clarify their vision, um, really be able to articulate some clear goals around the ways they can effectively ensure student success through empowering teacher and I would say classified staff voice and then creating structures within their system to listen and learn from those voices to ensure that that vision and those goals are
2: the right ones. So we've got um, several states I think you're working in across the country. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so um, currently
0: there are about four states that have taken uh, a concerted effort toward building collaborative structures, Um, Illinois being one of them, along with California, New Jersey, and then Massachusetts. Um, One of the things that the Consortium for Educational Change has done um, throughout its history is partner. And so we tend to find uh, colleagues from across the country um, who are interested in listening and learning together uh, with us, and that's what sort of builds our opportunities in places across the country to support the work of building collaborative partnerships. Okay,
2: so as you're working with schools and districts, then I assume you're bringing them together, what, individually, they work in groups, how do you work with them? So we have lots of different entry points. Some folks hear about us
0: um, through just the reputation of the Consortium for Educational Change, Uh, but in most cases the teacher union reform network in much the same way i was engaged in the work uh, brings folks together from across the country and in some senses is just a huge community of practice where folks share the approaches they've taken the the journeys they're on and it inspires and motivates others to do the same and that provides an entry point for us to sometimes go in, whether it be um, sort of, as we would call it, boots on the ground support at the district or school site level. And sometimes it's periodic checks in between conferences. Um, We also have a partner in the state of California, a statewide initiative called the Labor Management Initiative. They, their focus so far has been on really convening school districts from across the state of California. Um, They partner with all the state organizations, so school boards, unions, for both classified and certificated, principals association, um, and they um, bring folks together similar to TURN, and we have been able to provide quite a bit of technical support to them as they continue to grow and build their expertise around their Uh, efforts. Hmm.
2: So what do you do then? You bring a district team together. What who who makes up the team and, and what kind of work are they trying to do together? So CEC um has a has a pathway
0: that has proven to be a pretty successful one and the steps of that really start with um establishing collaborative commitment. Mm-hmm. So we work with union and district leaders typically to ensure that they are on the same page around what they would like to begin to work together on or why they think it's important. Um, There are times that we might start with a union president or a union rep or a principal um, that invites us in, but typically when we go to work with the district it is around building that commitment of the school board, the superintendent, and the union. We spend some time then just Um, listening to those folks and then there's a diagnostic piece where we go out typically to school sites and have conversations around what it's like to work and go to school in those places we talk to students, um, particularly at the secondary level, teachers um, classified employees, um, teacher leaders that have been uh, identified as leaders, instructional coaches administrators, union reps and what we're able to do is just Help that site or that district to begin to tell their story, identify strengths and opportunities, and then we come behind that to provide coaching and sometimes targeted training around their greatest areas of need.
2: So, are there any themes or or uh, patterns that sort of emerge from those kinds of listing opportunities?
0: Yeah, more and more um, as we as our work has expanded, I I'm always amazed by some of the common language that we hear from folks. um, In another podcast uh, that Batavia um, recorded, we hear things like um, wanting the authentic voice of the teacher, Um, working together, both labor and management, not simply to attack problems and complaints, but to proactively identify our goals for students, uh, both academically, socially, and emotionally. Um, I think we begin to see that as people feel heard, they feel connected to their systems and they're more uh, excited and energized around um, engaging in thoughtful work with their colleagues. Um, We follow the work um, and use as a foundational piece the work of Dr. Patrick Dolan. And what he really wrote about and taught about is the importance of a system that is driving off the authentic work uh, between teacher and student. Um, And so we help them to create structures that do just that. Instead of leadership teams, we like to help folks think about learning teams. Where are you listening and learning to what's actually happening in those interactions with children? The Labor Management Initiative in California Um, has really helped us to see the importance of the classified employees in these conversations. And while they may not be formally responsible for um, educating students academically, we find that their perspectives on the children and what they know about the families in the community add huge value to those conversations. Um, And then the work of Michael Fullan, particularly the, um, the work on the right and wrong drivers and the coherence framework has really helped us to build an integrated approach to providing some concrete frameworks to some very abstract and organic work that our our colleagues across the country are engaging in.
2: So you mentioned something about the right and the wrong drivers by Michael Fullan. Can you explain a little bit more about that?
0: Yes. So um, Michael Fullan, in his work um, in the book, The Principle, identified that in the high-stakes accountability climate and culture of education, we began to focus on what he refers to as the wrong drivers. so for example with high stakes teacher evaluation programs we didn't focus on building collaborative uh, structures for teachers to problem solve and learn together we got into individual accountability for each each teacher Um, much of the work that districts engage in sometimes with outside vendors and even um, in their own work is is n- not around capacity building, but more high-stakes accountability. So how so how do we um, work to to help refocus the vision? Um, Michael Fullen called out you know technology as being a tool that was being brought in um, to schools, and while that's a really important tool and obviously has advanced student learning, um, we need to be sure that we're being thoughtful about the integration of that and not just technology, but pedagogy in, in general. Um, what are the best instructional strategies that we can use to ensure that students are learning? Um, so that, that's that's a piece of it. Mm-hmm.
2: So it sounds like we have a, a time where you're trying to work with them in your, your leadership structures, it sounds like, at the, if I heard right, at the district level and also at the school level that you're trying to sort of almost tweak this and reframe maybe how the work looks like going forward. Is that fair? Yeah,
0: I would say. So um, when we think about the work of Dolan, back to Dr. Patrick Dolan, um, his thinking really helped us to think about what Patrick would call the boundaries of a system. Mm -hmm. Um, with unique and individual roles throughout the organization. So, in boundary one, where we have those key stakeholders that I referenced earlier around establishing the collaborative commitment, um, they they directly those decisions that they make directly impact um, the folks that he would describe at the bottom of the pyramid um, in boundary two as the teachers, support staff, um, and of course then the students. Um, so. Patrick has six boundaries in all and each of them play a critical role in the system. So what we have tried to do when we go into districts is have them um, reflect upon the structures they have in place. Because what we know about school systems is that there are lots and lots of structures. There are lots of district level level teams, excuse me, site teams, um, and even collaborative teams or many call them PLCs. But oftentimes those structures are in place to um, carry out or deliver information, um, rather than really listening and learning. So that would be exactly what we would be focused on if we went into a district. What might a district level team that's really focused on listening and learning to all stakeholders in the system look like and sound like? What about at the site level? How can we help schools uh, think about the leadership structures they have in place and identify how those structures are listening and learning to the folks doing the work. And then in the collaborative um, grade level teams, we really look to see how much of that time is authentically owned by the practitioners who do the work, um, how much of that time has been filled with um, agendas and tasks that may or may not be important to the teachers or the students. Um, So how do we, I think that's a big piece of the work is just looking at the structures that are currently in place and helping folks to think about what's really working well and what might be some refinements or, or revisions and even additions at some time. Um, and, and 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 actually deletions. We have a lot of committees and when folks take the opportunity to figure out who's meeting and about what and why, um, sometimes they find that they've got a lot of things in place that are not necessarily uh, helping move their system to a more collaborative and effective um,
2: organization. Hmm. So when you have schools that have I would say that are deemed to be pretty highly collaborative, and they would they also be then very highly effective? Do you see a correlation there? Well, so we one of the one of our, um,
0: as I mentioned, Consortium for Educational Change does a great job with partners, and we have developed a partnership with Saul Rubenstein at Rutgers University. And um, so, I'll start with some research um, that shows. Uh, a positive impact on student learning when we have high partnership schools and districts. And Saul Rubenstein has attributes of partnership, collaboration being one of them, but also things like shared decision making, discretion, psychological safety, and goal alignment. And so through that formalized research, we can actually absolutely say that there is an impact on teaching and learning. I would say more organically or informally, we see it simply by Um, the conversations that we're having um, with principals, with teachers, um, and that it just makes sense if teachers are um, given time and space to share some of their best practices with one another um, and talk about not only um, standards and assessments but also what's driving our students, what barriers are they facing maybe even in the community or in their social lives that are really impacting their ability to learn then teachers feel like they are part of something and they're more likely to take risks and and in the end their students benefit from that. So I would say we have some anecdotal data that absolutely tells us that there's an an impact on the adults in the system, which then um, the research helps us to uh, know. And, and common sense would sort of tell us that that's gonna have a positive impact on the students.
2: Hmm. So schools that you've worked with that seem to be ranked high or have some pretty positive indicators um, using the Rutgers survey, for instance, what do you see actually happening over a couple, two, or three years of working with them when they look at that kind of data?
0: I think um, there's all kinds of shifts. So if I were to talk about um, labor management collaboration for a moment, um, I think the union starts to find a voice around um, professional issues and social justice issues um, that relate to students and families. Mm-hmm. And so that enriches the conversation between um, building administrators, uh, union leaders, um, and then just teachers and, and union reps. Um, I think the other thing that we see is that teachers feel like they have a little bit more, more understanding about their own practices. And I think that time becomes even more valuable to practitioners because they, when they own it, they wanna do really um, important work with it. They know that time is one of our most valuable resources. And when we can help systems move from filling up teacher time with agendas and tasks and giving them some space, I think that's when we start to see more innovation, um, more risk taking um, in classrooms, which again benefits students.
2: Yeah, you know, there's an awful lot um, of of negative vibe around unions these days across the country. Um, What do you see as the value that the union brings into any of this, this partnership or this work in public education?
0: I think one of the things that we know, and I think again, Saul Rubenstein's research from Rutgers and his partner John McCarthy out of Cornell University, the union is a natural network. So when you think about a school system, there is union voice in every school and potentially every classroom. So if the union can find a way to be relevant to its members so that teachers want to be a part of the organization, I think there's great power in that, and I don't mean power from the standpoint of power over and against someone, but power from the standpoint of empowerment, of really helping teachers as professionals uh, find their voice to identify what the important goals should be for our schools, for our classrooms, for our students, for our communities, for our country, really. Um, So I think, you know, as the unions transition and I think they're being forced, in some senses, to transition based on some of the policies and politics that are out there. I think if, if, when we help, and I think we've seen this in many places, union leaders recognize how many folks they can actually engage. Um, it's quite powerful. And so we help the union to sort of see that journey as well uh, in our work. We talk about um, something called comprehensive unionism And that includes three frames, um, not just the industrial frame around contract issues, which we know are really important, but also um, the questions around the quality of the profession and issues of equity and empowerment of students and families. So I think, you know, it's, it's it's a time in our country where unions are experiencing a shift, but I also see that when they can be invited in as partners, when they can establish their own a sense of who they are and where they want to go, there's great potential in the work.
2: Mm-hmm. So, you know, this sounds pretty complicated work from what I'm hearing. There's a lot of pieces that you brought here. So you mentioned this coherence framework. You talk about Dolan working some kind of a systems piece to this, and you've got union and management working together. So can you break this down a minute and tell me what structures you're working with or how that looks when you're working with these schools and districts?
0: Yeah, if I had an elevator speech on a fairly tall building, um, <laughs> I, I think what we would say is we start with just who's, who's in the room and who's in the system. So Michael Fullen has four um, components, I'll call them, to his coherence framework. And I, I loved hearing Michael Fullen this summer talk about each of these. He draws it in a four-quadrant grid, and he talked about each of these being like four chambers of the heart, that if anyone is not functioning, then the whole system is hurting. So we have, we have these collaborative structures, who's in the room? So that's sort of where we start. And then we move to helping districts identify based on things we're learning about them or what they're learning about themselves, what are the important goals? And so getting those two things right um, are the first step. Then we have to help the system to think about in what ways can you um, monitor and um, measure the implementation of your approaches to meet the goals that you've had um, that you've established, and how do you use the collaborative structures to do that? This is a really long elevator, by the way, um, but truly. And then, and then, at the end of the day, it's about deep pedagogy and learning. So I think it's it's about commitment to to collaboration at all, at all levels of the system, helping to build structures and processes to support collaboration, and then figuring out how to listen and learn from folks at the level of the work that are actually engaging with children to ensure that the ship is headed in the right direction.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm. So you finally have them working in some kind of network, too, as I understand it. So is that a... How is that helping that, that growth in schools and districts? I think the biggest
0: um, contribution that the network makes to folks is it helps folks see a way. Uh, when we come in to support this work, folks are pretty accustomed to somebody telling them what to do and how to do it. And we tend to ask more questions than we do provide answers. We, we provide answers, but we find it much more meaningful and valuable if folks can get on the journey and figure some of this out themselves, knowing that every school, every classroom, every district, every state is different in the way that they approach education. So what the network does is it allows people to tell their stories, it allows others to hear those stories and say, hey, that sounds kind of like us, and that, what did you do, and how did you do it, and that sounds like something we could try. It provides opportunities for principals to talk to other principals, not just within their district, but across district. It allows union leaders, you know, um, teacher leaders, classified employees, superintendents, um, to talk with each other about what their strengths and opportunities are, what their successes and challenges have been. And in some senses, if we didn't have the network, I think we would find that many districts are feeling like they're not moving and growing as much as we get to see that they actually are.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, if we were interested in learning a little bit more about this, is there a place we can go to check this out? Or, I
0: would I would say there are two places I would I would turn uh, point you to. One would be um, the website turnweb.org. So it's t-u-r-n web.org. Um, great information there about our our regional conferences. We have six regional conferences across the country. Um, Tw- two times a year and then the second would be the CECweb.org C- uh, website where you can learn more about CEC e- and um, all the work that that organization, our organization does to support schools and districts um, more and more across the country.
2: Yeah, Are there some examples on these websites of some of this work?
0: Yes, absolutely. There's examples of folks doing the work and there's also lots of resources for folks who might be you know, trying to focus on particular issues as well. So lots and lots of information.
2: Well, great. Thanks, Anne, for coming and joining us today and talking about this work and, and the work of schools and districts across the country. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, my pleasure. Great.
1: That was Anne Cummins-Bogan sharing the exciting work and research validating a labor management approach in school districts. CEC is working across the country with administrators and union leaders to build structures for success in this area. To learn more about how to become involved, please visit the TURN website at turnweb.org or the CEC website at cecweb.org.